presenting Channeling Eric's Hour of Enlightenment. immortal beloved who I miss so much and I love so much and we are so honored today to have both Denise Ramon at deniseramon.com and Michelle Gray at thehealingh-art.com and so today guys we're going to talk about acceptance there's great accept a great value in accepting yourself right it's so hard sometimes uh, where uh, and and so let's see where you are right now accepting yourself. Okay, I'm reading this, so I'm not doing a very good job. Accepting yourself where <laughs> you are right now, right, right now. And Eric's going to help us learn how to do that. And, and once we accept ourselves for who we are and where we are in our spiritual evolution, then you know we can open up more do- doors, you know, on our journey. And I'm telling you. A lot of us have been beaten down by peers, family members, siblings, especially sometimes, the, the media, you know, just society as a whole, into thinking we are not acceptable, we are not lovable, etc. But people, we, oh, each and every one of us, you two, are absolutely perfect and divine. How can we be unacceptable when we are whole and part of God? I mean, that's... that's That's impossible, okay? It's impossible. So we all need to get our heads out of our asses and learn to see ourselves as the perfect beings we are. But anyway, what do I know? I'd rather I'd rather hear Eric's um, (laughs) Eric's take on it. Thank you very much. So anyway, thank you, ladies, for joining us. Oh, by the way, people, Denise and Michelle and I uh, were just talking about how it would be so cool to have a, Zoom, a monthly Zoom cocktail hour. And for people who don't drink, it would be tea. Um, but, you know, just to have a, you know, an open place to talk and share ideas and ask questions with a little glass of red wine in our hands or whatever in our uh, hands. So, anyway, that's something we're going to work on. Um, so, Eric, hi, baby. I love you. He says, hi, Mama. He says, I love you. And he says, um, that happy hour sounds good. He can't wait to join. He's telling me. I bet. Yeah, he has a, I feel like it's a cocktail in his hand, not a red wine. Um, But he said, yes. And um, he says, hello. Um, He always comes to me in colors. I don't know why. And I I don't know if it's because that's how I work, too. But he's right now showing me he's been the color yellow, like a sunshine yellow. Um, Happy. Yeah. Okay, um, so so how, Eric, can we accept ourselves? Well, we've been told that we are unacceptable for so many years, and we have developed such self-loathing, and self-loathing that creates disease, traps emotions in our energy, et cetera. What can we do, Eric? Well, he says it's not just for years. It's been eons because it's been being passed down. And, you mm. know, um, <clears throat> he, and I was asking him, I was like, well, Eric, how do you do that? Because, you know, I know what I do. And I was asking him, he says, you know, and I said, what about the people who, you know, like are can't pay rent or they got a ticket or something, how they got to go to court or things like that? How can you, you know, be there? He says there's always something that you can 
define within yourself that's okay, like you're not hungry, um, you just had a bath, or, you know, like just accepting, like being okay with where you are right now, like um, being, that you just, like you just had a bath, like I'm, I'm being appreciative of that, he says. And he goes, what happens though is we've had our bath, we had a roof over our head, we have food in our belly, but we're thinking, in the future, we're thinking about in the past of what we didn't do and what we need to do, what we ought to do, because if we get this or do that, then we'll be okay. And he says, and where you are right now is what you thought about years or even days back that you thought if you had all that, you'd be okay, but you're still yeah. not okay. And he mm. said, so it's about just, um, he goes, it's about just being with yourself right now and then he says, and ask yourself, why am I feeling like I'm not okay? And and um, and then is it because um, I flunked a test or I got fired or or what is it? So how does that make you not okay? And he says, just really break it down because we've been so conditioned. We're only okay if we have all of this status quo stuff. But then when we yeah. get there, we're not okay with it. So he says, he's saying, it's about like asking yourself, is is am I okay with you know, taking a bath or not taking a bath. Well, if you're not okay with not taking a bath, then go take a bath. And he says, break it down to the little things. And he says, and yes, there are things you have to plan for in the future. And there are things in the past that probably need some cleaning up maybe. But he says that you clean that up and you obtain the future by being okay in the now and and just looking at yourself right now. And, you know, and, and when he, he was, talking to me about this I remember I think it was two and a half months ago I just looked in the mirror and I was like oh I gotta get my hair colored again it's starting to show and then I just had this feeling like embrace yourself embrace yourself at the age you are and just and so I haven't colored my hair in the two last haircuts and I'm like I just feel so much better I don't feel like I have to have to have to go do this at a certain time Save some money too, man. Yes, you, know, you do. When we when we can't accept ourselves because of things we mistakes, whatever mm-hmm. I put air quotes that we've made, the failures that we've had. All you have to do is say, okay, what can I? What should I? And what can I learn from that? These are gifts. These mistakes are gifts. And once you find out what the lesson is and you learn it, then of course, you can say thank you, thank you for this mistake, because it, it I turned it into a way to make myself more evolved, stronger, etc. So that's how you you release yourself from making mistakes, create this unacceptable you. Yes, and Eric says sometimes those mistakes are so vital that you made those. Because you, or that is what's going to, that's what's making things even better for you now. And that is the part of you. He says in some of those mistakes, like some of us may have um, ran and crashed into somebody while we were drunk or something. Or, and he's using these kind of mistakes because you're like, how can that be okay? But it's like, that is what woke you up. And, and And in that, that is where you found that you needed additional help. And that is where you were able to start healing or, you know, or um, the doctor said, you know, you got 
tongue cancer from chewing tobacco or something. And this is what you needed to be able to move forward. And he said, Mm -hmm. it just gets into a deeper part of you. And he says, and then there's those parts that you feel like it's just like so much regret. He says, those are the parts of you that you haven't even accepted or even loved. He goes, and that's the part where you have to start giving that part of you love. And how I do it for me is, I just envision whatever that emotion is, is, and I put it in one palm, and I just envision whatever color brings me comfort at that time, and that I'm oh. putting that energy and that love into it. And Spirit and Eric both told me, it's like if you don't know what that feeling is, it's like that feeling you get when you see baby animals, like a baby kitten or a baby puppy, you know, or he says, get into that feeling of it, he says, and send that part of you love. Oh. Instead of sitting there for three, four hours a day beating yourself, why don't you spend 30 minutes giving yourself love? All right, uh, Michelle Gray, have you uh, okay. have you ever been at a point where you didn't accept yourself, but then finally traveled some sort of path to acceptance? Oh, absolutely. I, I think that is the I think that has been the story of my life. Because for most of my life, I wasn't able to accept myself, and I didn't really even know why. And um, I think the biggest example, and I use this all the time, but um, this is really the, the biggest turning point for me was I had a challenge accepting myself, um, accepting myself physically, accepting the way I, I felt I was too sensitive emotional I couldn't accept some of the circumstances I had gotten myself in um, you know accepting circumstances that created hardship for my children and when I was diagnosed with cancer I had everything the way meaning everything physically you know the all the material yeah. stuff that the everything that I put in my hair and in makeup and I had my eyelashes taken away my hair I gained all kinds of weight, and I really went to the opposite end of the spectrum so that I physically, you know, I stripped myself down so I had no choice but to go inside. Mm-hmm. I couldn't distract myself with anything else and, and was faced with uh, an illness that I wasn't sure that I would make it through or not. Yeah. And so that was, uh, it was a, you know, really, um, Eric always says it was my two-by-four moment where I was hit over the head with a two-by-four mm-hmm. to say, like, this is it. This is your crossroads of surrender. And Eric says it doesn't have to be like that for all of us. It doesn't mean we no. all have to, you know, walk into a situation like that. For me, that's what I needed. That's That was my, you know, my turning point. But um, the biggest thing, um, what Eric is saying is that the other thing, too, is forgiveness. And that's something that was really big for me. Mm. Not so much forgiveness of everybody else. It's forgiveness of myself. Why? The expectations Mm -hmm. I held, you know, they, um, you know, holding myself to a certain standard of, I need to be this person or who did I let down and, Mm. you know, not being able to accept who I was and really forgiving myself, allowing myself to be who I am allowing myself to be where I'm at. And, I mean, there's all kinds of – I could take an entire show up talking about all of that. But, yeah. um, but Eric says don't forget about adding forgiveness 
Because when we add forgiveness in um, to ourselves, if we're holding ourselves accountable for something that has happened in the past, and he says, and, you know, something that's happened that we can't change, we can change how we relate to it. You know, we can look for meaning in it. We can look for what we've learned in it, um, finding purpose in that challenge. But when we forgive ourselves, what that also does is that helps us open up to more compassion for ourselves, but also helps us open up to more compassion for other people too. Exactly. And to be able to to see that, to you know, and I, that was a really big thing for me is it really humbled me to go through the experience that I did and really helped me uh, have a lot more compassion for other people and for, you know, the hardships and the things that I didn't understand and for the things that I did. So there's a lot of value in, in this process for us. Yeah. And forgiveness, basically, if you can take your, what you could perceive as flaws or mistakes, et cetera, and, and turn them into something that helps you grow and helps, you know, mm-hmm. by, you know, uh, by extension, helps other people, then, you know, of course, you're forgivable. My goodness. Mm-hmm. So this is a path mm-hmm. that we travel of forgiveness and acceptance that we're talking about today. So, mm-hmm. you know, and, and I just can't stop reminding people how you are so lovable and so forgivable and so it's worthy of self-acceptance because you are perfect. Mm-hmm. I mean, you really are perfect. Mm-hmm. So, so, Michelle, mm-hmm. now that you're on the other side of that, how do you mm-hmm. see things? And, Denise, you too. I'd like um, to ask you. Very, very different because now I, I really I approach my life with a, um, well, I'll say this. Okay, the, when I first started meditating, after I'd had this, the first thing that I saw, the first word I saw in meditation was the word surrender. Mm. And I, I always use this as an example because at the moment that I saw that, I didn't understand what spirit meant. I had no idea. I was like, surrender what? I don't get it. I don't get it. What am I supposed to surrender? And that has meant so much to me because now I walk hand in hand with a sense of surrender to the best of my ability because I try very hard to view life from that higher perspective of really being able to, to see what's the purpose in this. You know, Mm -hmm. why is this happening? Allowing things to take place so that not only I can flow, but also understand that if something changes, if something happens, if something takes place that's unexpected, to understand that that, you know, I may not understand what the purpose is right in that moment, but I that I will or I trust that it's going to lead me to another place of understanding and it's going to lead me to something greater. And it always does. It always right. does. So I don't walk with that same sense of worry that I used to. Well, that's awesome. What peace that must bring to your heart. Denise, what about you? Once you're on the other side of the, the travel to acceptance and self-forgiveness. Well, you know, it keeps, it, it's like it keeps getting deeper, you know, because I get a deeper sense yeah. of acceptance, a deeper sense of forgiveness, you know. 
And it's mm-hmm. it, uh, definitely, you know, where I, I can breathe and and walk with my head held high. And it's, I try not to take things as serious um, because I too have been through things, you know. Um, yes. You know, I remember when I came out of the closet, so to speak, and I had a mm-hmm. whole bunch of friends. But the minute I came out, all of those friends left, all oh, of them. Gosh. And so well, I had to. friends then, obviously. Correct. And I had to learn how to go within and yeah. really get okay with me and explore that aspect of me. So your friends, but, the cancer that Michelle had. Oh, Michelle, my friend? Yeah. Oh, definitely. No, yeah, your friends were yeah. equivalent to the cancer that Michelle experienced. Bringing yeah, you, yeah. Yes. Making you go but, within. But yeah. in a sense, though, they really were teachers for me because had they not have done mm-hmm. that, I wouldn't have done that work of oh. really doing self-exploring. Oh, yeah. So, exactly. So, and so, that's the same know, with the cancer. Yeah. Same thing. Mm-hmm. I'm grateful for it. Mm-hmm. So when these things happen, and, you know, there's times when people irk me and, and stuff, and I allow myself to play with that stuff for a few days or whatever but then I have have to really ask myself what is it about them that they're bringing up in me what is it that they're mirroring and I really try to look at it you know because I know that that's what they're doing or otherwise they wouldn't be getting on my nerves as much Mm -hmm. and so it's and it's only for my benefit for me to grow so I And I've had people ask me, would you change anything about your life? And it's like, no, I really wouldn't. Maybe I would have not have said some words to some people, you know, but all the other experiences, no, I I wouldn't have changed any of them. And um, from the time when I was sexually molested as a young kid growing up, I wouldn't have changed. And I wouldn't change any of that because it's just Eric's him he goes because it's about acceptance and he he says it's because it helps you to dig in and find out who you really are because we're more than just this body and and um we're just i don't know it just i just i'm less i over through my journey i have found myself to be less critical and less judgmental um, when you see things and you're like oh my god how come they don't do this whatever it is you know mm. Mm-hmm. Because that's awesome. that's so valuable because that that, yes. that that doesn't sit well with the soul, you know, to feel such negativity toward others. And you know, I've been there and done that, and evolved, thankfully, at least in part, to the point where I don't judge anybody anymore. I mean, am I perfect? No, but but holding judgment against somebody else just feels so crappy. It just does. It doesn't do mm-hmm. anybody any good ever, ever, ever. It's not our job. You know, Eric told me the other day, cause we were, I was doing something, we were talking and he says, and he was showing me the reason why we feel so good when we do stuff for other people, because we're actually doing that for ourselves. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And he said, so that's why it's you ought to be careful what you give to others because you're also giving that to yourself. Right. And you don't want to give to a person in a way that enables them or robs them of a lesson. Correct. Um, just to stoke your own ego. 
Ayn Rand, Correct. Ayn Rand, I think it's pronounced, the Benevolent Selfishness is a, a super good book. All right, now, as mediums, how, how did that, you know, what effect did that have on your ability to accept yourselves, both of you, starting with Michelle, I guess? What was it that, like, yeah, what was it, what point? Yeah, you being a medium, mm. did that make it difficult for you to accept yourself? Um, there were there were levels of it. You know, it happened in different stages because I definitely had to um, to step outside of my family. Um, you know, I had to just mull with it by myself for a long yeah. time, and yeah. I was very careful on who I shared it with because for a very long time it was very sacred to me. Yeah. It was something that um, it it hurt me immensely when it would get torn up by other people. And so when I would say something, because, you know, my experiences would be so deep and so meaningful and some of them would just bring me to my knees in tears and just have gratitude. And so expressing that to somebody else and trying to share that with somebody that, you know, isn't necessarily on that level or, or believes or understood, it could easily get tossed around as a joke. And so that was very hard for me at some point because, um, you know, especially when I first, you know, first met Eric and I had to kind of keep that to myself and, and my parents, they, they knew cause they knew what I was like and right. you know, they grew up with it. And so it was really not a big surprise to them, but I was very protective of Eric. I was yeah. very, um, oh. you know, because when I knew, when I knew what I knew with Eric, and I knew what what was real and what was happening and everything, I was very protective because I didn't want anything to taint my experience or to right. hurt that. And so that took a while for that to kind of work itself out, and it meant that I had to make some changes. There were some relationships that didn't go forward because you know and. Right. And they had to for various reasons. And uh, Eric's just saying right now, he's like, I'm a big boy. I can take care of myself. <laughs> I know. <laughs> I'm saying I'm protective of him. But, but it's just, you know, it, it was um, – and now uh, it's very different now because I do accept who I am. And, and I really feel um, – I don't have the same concern – that I grew up with about worrying about what people think about me. Um, you know, every I'm human, so every now and again uh, something of gets course. said about me or, you know, like I'm human, of course I'm going to yeah. feel that and I might kind of kind of lick my wounds a little bit over it, but I get over it fairly quickly. That's and awesome. to me, what I, well, I was just going to say what I experience now, what I experience with spirit, that the meaning of what happens, and, and what it gives to myself and to other people means way more than what I care about what other people think. <laughs> That's awesome. What about you, Denise? Being a medium, how did that rock, rock you a little bit in your road to self-acceptance and, and so forth? Well, you know, it, it scared me because I was, now I see, you see, you know, I was fortunate in the beginning, but at that time I didn't see you as fortunate because when I had that experience at my brother's funeral, you know, I was like, oh, my God, this my whole world changed because then I knew in that moment there really is a God. And prior to that moment, 
Um, well, what happened if you're, uh, again, because I don't, I, I don't um, think anybody knows. Well, at my brother's funeral, it was, you know, obviously closed casket, and I was doing the boo-hoos, and all of a sudden, this warmth, like, injected in my body, my soul, with warmth and this love that cradled me and said, the time is right, your brother is with me, and I'm here for you. And I remember, I was said to myself, oh, my God. There really is a God. Because I didn't grow up in a religious home. Right. And I knew my brother was supposed to die August 9th, regardless of how he transitioned. Wow. And and I knew that there, God was there for me. And I didn't tell anybody about it for a year. Because I didn't want anybody to say that's not true when I knew it was. No. Mm-hmm. So I would just mm-hmm. go sit every morning, because I didn't know what else to do, because this is 1981. And I would just connect to that energy and just say... You know, please show me what I'm to do today. And little by little, you know, the universe would bring things, people, books, whatever in my path to go. Did I tell people about it? No, but I started out where I I talked to the angels because that was gentle or I, I, um, right. I worked with the angels until I did stuff like that. And I would call it God. And um, so that was more acceptable. But when, as far as, letting people know what I could do. I was very hush-hush about it because I didn't want people to think I was crazy. Just the people around me locally knew what I did, but I would never come out and tell anybody. Um, and right. if people asked me, I would say no. And one day I said, "Why? what are you so afraid of? Why do you think they're going to think you're crazy? And it was like, it's because I think I'm crazy. That's what <laughs> they think. And there was, and that's when I could feel in that moment, this had nothing to do with this lifetime. It was past life stuff coming up. Oh, yeah. So when I finally got able to like be okay with it uh, and accepting, it was like coming out again. It was very painful, in a, as a matter of fact. Yeah. And then I had to go do the website thing, and I just was fought, fighting that. But um, I learned. And I, it's really what I want people to do for me is I allow people to be where they are in their belief system. If they think it's the devil, then it's the devil. If they don't yeah. believe in it, they don't believe right. in it. Sure. I allow them to be where they are with that. And I don't ever try and convince anybody that I'm right or this what I'm doing is the no. truth. If you don't believe, then you don't believe. And that's okay because yeah. it's not true for you. Um, but... Um, but people do know what I do, obviously, because of being on channeling Eric and, um, and sometimes messages come out and I will have to give them, um, because it's there, I get this anxiousness in me (laughs) and, but I, but I've learned that the only reason why it's coming out is because that person's is in a place to hear the message. Well, however it is, but it's, um. Eric says it makes you dig in deep to really know who you are, to become okay with you. Because this isn't about getting acceptance from the outer world. Because like Michelle says, people say some mean things, even on Facebook. We may not comment on it, um, but Mm -hmm. people do. And um, somebody did say something. It wasn't but ugly, but it was kind of like, 
but I thought it was funny because and I so I laughed but um but and you know and I don't read the comments because yeah, I don't people, I cannot because yeah. people are butt ugly, you know, and yeah, it's like, and they have a right to be where they are, yeah, and I have a right to not read them, and so I don't. And um, I don't either. So, okay, yeah. so I got three other questions, and these are pretty mm-hmm. much for Eric. Eric, what should it feel like to fully accept and for, uh, yourself and forgive yourself? What What would a soul feel like? What would our listeners feel like? Eric says total lightness, um, mm-hmm. lightness. Um, we wouldn't be stuffing our bodies or anything with outer stuff because we don't need to try and bury anything. He said the total mm-hmm. lightness, he said, total lightness. And no feeling like you're on the offense or, or defense, rather. Right. He says. What about uh, Michelle? What, what is Eric telling you in this regard? Well, he's saying that, um, like, resistance is at the other end of acceptance. Mm -hmm. And he says, so the non-acceptance or resistance is like a heavier, more dense vibration, so it takes up more space. Basically explaining another way of what he just said to Denise, but he said, when we we resist, we're creating more chaos in our mind. We are also collecting validation from the outside world of outside of us, which jams up our chakras, our auric field. And then when we can clear that, then that is that is lightness, that's clarity, that's alignment. And there's always going to be some resistance. Eric said we wouldn't be human if we didn't have some resistance in there. But, you know, there's a lot that, um, you know, by being able to – feel that more compassion, gratitude, it helps us to feel more of the positive feelings, more positivity. And he says, and that's what raises our vibration. And it's that that brings in more abundance and more opportunities. Okay, yes. So the whole thing is if you accept yourself where you are today, it will open up doors for for you tomorrow and beyond. So what do you say about that, Eric? That was my second question. Eric says yes because then you're not resisting, and he says because when you're doing that, he shows me because when you're resisting, what you're resisting is pushing against you. Yeah, persist. What so, resist persists. Yeah, and he said mm-hmm. so when you stop doing that, he says what you do is you allow the universe to to open up the doors a little bit more for you, or you allow the doors to open up so the universe can start bringing that to you, yeah. whatever it is. And he says and. You know, even giving yourself a break for 30 minutes a day can make a big difference is what he's showing me because you, it's like you're allowing the, you're not constantly trying to shut the doors when you got this big bull trying to push against it. That's what he's showing me, like a bull pushing up against the door and you're trying to hold Mm. it shut. Mm. Okay, so Eric, do you have any practical, practical advice for listeners before, and then we'll take callers unless you have anything else obviously to say so yeah any practical advice for those seeking self-acceptance and self-forgiveness well he says um like the first thing you want to do is he says you want to be able to look at yourself so he says make a list make a list 
write down, he says, put it right out in front of you on a piece of paper. Write down the things that you feel that you're having a hard time accepting. Um, Get real honest with it. He says, look at your life, your situation, and talk it out with yourself before you can go. Because sometimes it could lead to talking it out with somebody else or making changes or taking an action. But he said the very first thing to do is to actually address what it is, understand what it is. Because he says a lot of times acceptance can be something that, you know, a lot of people are walking around and not really even understanding what they're resisting. And exactly. just go by the feeling. Yeah. So he says, so like sit down. And like Denise said, he's like, sit down and take 30 minutes. Take five minutes a day and sit with your feelings. And just say like, you know, why do I feel that? What what am I avoiding? Because he says if you start to journal or you start to write things down, you can start to unload it out of your field. You start to get it oh. out of your mind. Then you can put it on a piece of paper, and he says, and then you can look at it like a puzzle. Move it around, you know, put it in categories. He says, we like to do things like that as human beings. And it helps unload it from us so we're not carrying it around all the time. Exactly. It's like when I get too many videos on my computer, I have to put it, uh, upload it to a hard drive. Actually, two hard drives. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, so... I think sometimes people have trouble because the, the self-acceptance difficulty could come from other lives. And, and, and mm-hmm. I have seen, frankly, and Eric, you can tell me if this is true or not, a huge difference since in, uh, on February 22nd, the Elohim in the uh, Atlantic Scalar Energy Repair Protection and Enhancement Service started blocking the adverse effects from events and experiences from other lives to the present life, cutting it off. Uh, so it, it seems to make a big difference, and I'm wondering if it also makes a difference in those who still struggle to accept themselves, uh, you know, by reflecting on the stuff of the current life, but still something's missing that might be from another life. Your thoughts? Eric is saying yes, it can help, but... Um, <clears throat> But Eric, when you say that, Eric is also saying we spend a lot of time looking at what other people are, are doing or not doing for us or against us. Mm. And he says we need to take that energy and spend it towards ourselves, you know, like really give us that that devotion of time. And when he's saying that, he's also talking about your work, you know, start looking at putting some of that into your plan, you know, about putting some of that um some of the work you do to help with that as well, he's showing me. Okay. But also for self-acceptance, you know, like Michelle said, we need to reflect on, you know, on the stuff that is uncomfortable. Yeah. What about also journaling and, and talking about the things that we love about ourselves, that we totally accept about ourselves? Is that important mm-hmm. to do too, a practical step, Eric? Eric, yeah, definitely. Says, Go ahead, Michelle. Yeah getting into the practice of um, like a behavior. So he says that's getting into the practice of focusing on the positive rather than on the negative. So starting to practice that behavior. And he says, which will help lift the vibration. Because he says, you know, there's truth in both. If you want to sit and focus on the negative, you can make that your reality. So why not choose the positive? Because that's going to give you the most benefit. You're going to feel better. 
So it's it's practicing that. So you have a negative thought about yourself. You can turn it into mm-hmm. like, wait a minute. Here's what I can learn from that. But you can also counter mm-hmm. it with, as a, at the same time, okay, here's, here's what I'm good about. Here's what's good about me in that regard. So, yeah, I, there's so much inner work that can be done. And, you know, it's so, it's not that hard, actually. You just have to dedicate yourself to it, you know? It just takes yes. self It's com- commitment. Commitment, yeah. Dedication and commitment. He's, he says to me, one, one way that he helps me practice it was he used the, um, the image or visualization of a car. And so when I would have a thought that would trail off and be a negative thought, and he says, you know how a car, when you start to press the gas pedal, crease in speed, and then that momentum is going, and it's harder when you slam on the brakes to, yeah. to stop it. So he said, mm. you know, how far are you going to let your car go before you slam on the brakes? So when I would start to have a thought going, he'd have me go, ah! oh. <laughs> get the brakes and clamor in reverse <laughs> and back it up and back it up to a point where I could turn it around. And the more I could turn it around in the day, then my car would be going in the right direction. Saves on body work repairs. I'm telling you that. Yeah, it does. Saves on the brake Totally doable, people. I think the undercurrent is to always remember that you are perfect, that you are whole and part of God, that you have complete sovereignty over your energy. No one can access it or tamper with it or harm it without your express permission. Who's going to do that? And also you have to remember that you are the energy of love. That's what you are. So just constantly keep that in, in the back field, okay? Uh, all right, so one mm-hmm. before we take questions. First of all, Eric, do you want to say anything else before I take questions? Will we take questions? Well, Eric was just reminding me earlier today, <clears throat> a couple hours ago, I was in my head just going in a thought process that probably that I know wasn't in my best way to go. And as I was walking down the hall in my house, I tripped and I kept the thought process going and then I tripped again. And I said, okay, Whoa. I get it. I get it. <laughs> Change your thoughts. Change your thoughts. Well, I trip all the time. My family, it's like one of my quirks. Very, very clumsy. I don't think I'm totally in my body, but that's okay. All right. So, um, by the way, anybody who wants to comment, Maybe Paolo will read it because I'm scared to read comments uh, about what you thoughts are of having this uh, Zoom cocktail hour once a month. That'd be so cool. Tea and cocktails, anything. And um, yeah, I think it'd be fun. Let me know if that's mm-hmm. something you would like to do. All right, let's that go ahead and start the callers. All right, got somebody from okay. the. Um, got somebody from the. Uh, come on. There we go. 860 Erica. How are you doing? Hi, that would be so much fun because I don't really have any friends and I don't go to bars, so cocktail sounds fun. Oh, let's do it, girl. <laughs> we'll do jello shots together. I'm sorry. I, I, do I, I, do, I can't do hard liquor. I tried I really and it was a freaking slippery slope, a really big, so I had to cut that out. So now it's a glass of red wine or two every once in a while. All right. Hi, how are you? Hi, uh, uh, good. I enjoyed your conversation very much. It was very enlightening. Thank you. Thank you. Good. What's your first well, 
Where are you from, Lisa? Connecticut. I this rec- have you called in before? I have called in before, yes. I recognize your voice. Well, how can we help you, sweetie? Well, my father-in-law passed away, and the house that he built, well, it's kind of going to the state for care, and his daughter had cashed in even the life insurance for paying medical bills, but I don't know if it's possible. I'm wondering if, if it will be possible. My husband wants the house because his father built it. It's the price yeah. of the loan for us to afford, and it needs a lot of work. It needs all the work our house needed 30 years ago that took us 30 years to pay for, and now we're old. So I don't know if this is going to happen or if it's good or bad. I'm kind of walking around giving things away and thinking I have to give away half the house. <laughs> it won't fit. No. So, Eric, what can, what should they do? Eric is saying, like, your husband needs to be real clear as to why he wants the house because I feel like he wants it because he's hanging on to something, you know, maybe it's a memory or something or their father or whatever. But Eric says to, to like, make it real clear as to why he really wants the house because I feel like it will be a very, it will be a a very heavy-duty project that you all have to do. I do feel like uh, price-wise it will be okay to purchase, but the other part, my, I, I, just, I feel a heaviness with it for some reason. All in all, would it be financially beneficial and spiritually beneficial, combine those, okay, and emotionally beneficial for them to, to, to buy the house and fix it up and then possibly sell it or keep it? Eric says no. Okay. We have can't just buy and sell. We're too old for that. <laughs> okay, I got gotcha. you. Michelle, what do you get? Yeah, because I was getting the same thing that, um, you know, you have to really look at what what experience you want to have here because it is possible to buy the house, possible oh, wow. to do that, but um, there'll be a lot of challenges yeah. through this. and. Um, and you can definitely work through it. You're definitely able to do it. But this is kind of a crossroads to decide, you know, which direction am I going to go? If it, if it's decided, yes, we want this house, then you can do it. But it, it's going to be a challenge. Financially, you'll get it. But it'll be, it'll be a challenge, a few things to work through. Well, there's good challenges and there's bad challenges. Will it be a horror show or not? Eric, if you were in there, see what no. you do. Eric shows me heaviness. It's a lot of heaviness. Oh, okay. All right. Well, Lisa, you you got a decision. You and your, and you both have a decision to make. So, um, I think whatever you decide is probably going to end up okay. You know. Okay. Uh, I appreciate that very much, all of you. Love you too. Thank oh, you. Lisa. You're welcome. Okay. Got somebody from the three three zero area code. Hi there. How you doing? I'm fabulous. Can you hear me okay? Yes, ma'am. What's your first name and where yeah. are you calling from? My name is Abella and I'm in Georgia. Abella, and first name, Yes. Thank you, Elisa, for all the Atlantis Scalar work that you've been doing for me, a plethora oh. of work, and I'm reaping the benefits day by day. Oh, I'm You're so welcome. Happy. Yes. So the boost of self-love is right on topic with everything discussed today, which I recently got, and I'm feeling the effects of it. But my question today to Eric 
is that I feel that in this particular inclination for me that I'm here to hold light, whatever that means, and also to learn how to be self-sufficient. So I found myself a little bit of an introvert lately. Eric, am I on the right path, yay or nay? And with that yay or nay, what can I do to either self-correct or really hit this inclination out of the ballpark? He says exactly what you're doing. He says you're like right on target, you know. He says you have, you know, you're, he says you're right, you're perfect where you are. He says there's nothing to correct. There's nothing to get better. It's just right where you are today. It's, 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 it's perfect is what he's saying. Because what you're doing is you're constant, he's, she's constantly seeking for, um, betterment. Mm-hmm. So that is in itself is sufficient. Mich- Michelle? Mm-hmm. He also says, um, so he says that you're an empath and he also yeah. says um, that you're an alchemist. And so he Ooh. says alchemy is you are able to transform energy. You can create. And yes, we all do this to a degree, but you have a very specific way of doing this so what can you turn things into so he says you know creation and freedom so he says you want to amp up this life he goes well what do you want to create what do you want to have fun with what do you want to experience because you can take any experiences that you've had you can take anything Mm -hmm. that's in your mind and you can transmute it you can change it into anything by using the power of your mind your focus Mm -hmm. and training your beliefs and sometimes people like me, I transmute other people's energy in the scalar field using my maternal love. I mean, I am mama bear, yeah. man. I cannot, I cannot tell you how deeply maternal my feelings are for people. And I use yeah. that maternal love to transmute energy. So there's all sorts of ways to be an alchemist and transmute energy. Love, and That's right. thought, uh, you know, focus, mm-hmm. there's all sorts of ways. And you had to figure out the way that you're going to use and stop barking already. Okay, whatever. If I do the uh, scalar work for the unconditional love for you. Okay. I was asking if I would do the scalar work for like I think it's like empath or light worker or something with the gifts if that would help clarify and open that up more for me. Well, if, 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 when did you get your ERPE? Um, two weeks ago. Yeah, I thought so. Oh, all right. So wait, I, yeah. I wouldn't do anything, man. I, I really wouldn't. I mean, if you want to get like a mediumship bundle or whatever, that's you know, that's something you could do. But I, I, you know, that the ERPE includes complete shielding with every possible mm-hmm. holy barrier and shield and divine protection mm-hmm. device. It includes so much that I would hold mm-hmm. off. And, you know, mm-hmm. sometimes to clear yeah. the emotional stuff, it takes six weeks sometimes, even more, sometimes three months. So I, I want you to be patient. Don't order anything else, really. Uh, please. Eric says I to agree. wait. He says, he says you're yeah, good where you are right now. He says you're great. Yeah. Thank you right, very darling. much for the time. All righty. God bless all of you. Thank so you. Bye. Bye, Bella. Alchemist. Bye. That's so cool. So cool. <laughs>
and you're right. All of us have that ability to be alchemists, but uh, you yeah. know, to varying degrees. Everybody has their their strengths and their weaknesses. All right, uh, and That's my all of my weaknesses. All right, five hundred one area code. Hi there, how you doing? I'm doing all right, ladies. Me and Miss Denise is gonna have tea and peach cobbler while y'all have cocktails. Oh yes. my God, I oh. like peach cobbler. I, I, my favorite. Oh God, I love peach. I make a mean peach cobbler based on a nineteen zero nineteen oh one recipe of my of my grandmother. But okay, go ahead. What you got there? Yum. Is it who is this? Uh, Donna. Miss Donna. Uh, I knew hey, Donna. it. I can tell by your accent. <laughs> I love your accent because it's like mine. What you got for us, girl? I have a question. Since I've uh, had work done on the whole family, I asked for a divorce. Wow. Is Ricky Charles going to let me have a divorce? Because he's fighting it. Well, isn't that can your you ask Eric or his side? Well, yeah, I know, but he's threatening uh, bodily harm to himself. Oh, God. Yeah. Um, um, um. Well, let, 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 me, let me say one thing. When my mother was threatening suicide from, with my father, because I think he had an affair, I'm not sure. Many, many, when I was like 13, 14 years old, my father just looked at her and said, well, go ahead and do it. I will miss you, but I will be okay in the long run. And she did not yeah. try to kill herself for a long time. Eventually she did try, but it wasn't successful. But, I mean, you know, you cannot be responsible for some, feel responsible for somebody's decisions against their yeah. own body. You can only... Yeah, be responsible for your reaction to it, and you maybe need to make that clear to Ricky that hey, I I hope you don't do that, but I'll be fine. Well, Eric, you know, did that weaponizing suicide, I think. But go ahead, Eric. What do you got to say, Denise? Eric says he he does these kind of tactics when he feels threatened, and he's been doing this his whole life. He finds oh, what yeah. he what he feels will get you or anybody's attention and he goes on that um eric says so know that this is a tactic of his eric says what really ought to be the focus is what you want mm-hmm. not right. what's contingent upon what other people are going to say or do it's about what you want and he says yeah because he says this is about you. Um, um, And Eric, Eric, he feels heavy to me. The energy feels real heavy to me. So that's not going to change if you don't divorce. Yeah, I know. Yeah. Okay, let me ask you this, Eric. If they get divorced, will Ricky be okay in the long run? Eric says, Yes, he'll be okay, but define okay because he'll be okay, but it's like he'll be okay like how he is now because, you know, even though he's okay, he's not okay to Donna because that's why she doesn't want to be there anymore, you know? Right. So it's it's the definition of what's okay. Is it going to be okay to where he doesn't take his own life? Eric says, 
uh, Eric isn't guaranteeing it. He's not. It, it, Eric just says he'll be okay. Uh-huh. I personally don't feel from what I'm getting, Eric, he would take his own life. He may act like he's going to. Michelle, mm-hmm. what do you get? Yeah, um, Eric's saying that, you know, will there be challenges present themselves? He says yes, but like Denise was saying, Eric said that there's tactics that he'll use. And he says, think of, you know, when when a, a child um, has done something and, you know, they're being caught and they might amp up the behavior to avoid getting into trouble. And, you know, exactly. this is in a different way, but he's doing it to to create more of a distraction to kind of avoid what's happening because he's in denial. There's a lot of sadness in his energy, but what Eric says is um, <clears throat> a divorce, he says, persevere for what it is that you want. And he says, because, yeah. you know, Ricky, this is like discipline. I don't know if he had lack of discipline when he was younger or like he got his own way when he was younger, but, yeah, you know, Eric said, just keep keep going forward with what you need to do. Affirm what it is that you want. You will be successful in having a divorce, but there also has to be a point where you are able to separate his feelings and his own responsibility for himself and your ability to be able to carry on and give yourself what you need. Good. Yeah. All right. Well, thank you, Donna. I love you. Thanks, right. Donna. Big hug. From the 910 area code. Hi there. How you doing? You ready for some more country talk? I yes. love my country talk. Of course I do. <laughs> this is Belinda from North Carolina. Belinda from North Carolina. My daughter and her <laughs> husband and family lived in um, Cary. Um, you know where that is? Cary, North Carolina? Yes, ma'am. Yeah. About he he an hour away. He, wow, he did uh, a fellowship in Duke joint replacement for us. And it's really funny because using the e-board, Houston, my son-in-law, asked what fellowship is he going to do? And Eric just spelled that ew, like E-W. And, well, I thought, okay, that's trauma. But no, it ended up being hacking off body parts and putting new ones in. Ew. All right, Linda, what's your thoughts, <laughs> I wanted to ask Eric. The name of two books that would help me on my journey, my spiritual journey that I could read. Two books. Mm-hmm. That's pretty One or two. Michelle, are you getting anything? <laughs> well, I'm actually getting Louise Hay, Heal, Heal Your Life, mm-hmm. or Heal Your, the one about healing. Um, okay. And there's also, um, and I don't know what, what the title, but it, considering what we were talking about today, is it's about love, about seeing love in everything. Okay. Well, I'll right, get it you, and start reading. Thank you. Love you, lady. Have you, have you read love Eric's you, book? Eric. Wait, Belinda, Belinda, you read Eric's book, right? Oh, yes. <laughs> Both of that's them. The best book, I swear to God. I it's got so yours and his. Oh, I love that book. Yep. It really helps me so much. All right, thank you, it Belinda. Does. Remember, we're going to get together with Donna for our peach cobbler. 
Oh, yeah. I'll bring the cool whip. Oh, Good. yeah. <laughs> All right. Got somebody from the 216 area code. Hi there. How you doing? Hey, how's it going? Good. How you doing? All right. This is Desmond calling from Cleveland, Ohio. Hi. What you got for us, big guy? Uh, <laughs> uh, I wanted to know uh, what uh, spiritual gifts do you see uh uh, opening up or advancing uh, this year for me. Ooh. Right when you said, Eric says that you are very intuitive, and you, he said, do you even know? Are you even aware how intuitive you are? He says you he, see. He, he's asking the question, so he must have some inkling. Yeah. Are you aware yeah. how? Are you aware how intuitive you are? Yes. What kind of gifts does he have, Eric? Well, he says definitely healing. Definitely healing. Um, But um, are you, like, uh, scared of your gifts or nervous about them or scared to exercise them on other people? I think it's... um, I think as far as the healing, it's probably more of the, the confidence. I think that's mm-hmm. where it lays from the, the mm-hmm. That's pretty right. typical. But you're also good with mm-hmm. the animals, Eric is showing me. You're also real good with the animals. What kind of clairs does he have, uh, if any, uh, Eric, that are stronger than average? Eric told me C. That's the word I saw right away, and I wrote down mm-hmm. the C. S-E-E, C. He sees. Ooh. All right. Does so, he have the, 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 the makings to... The potential to be an animal communicator, definitely. And Eric more says, than that, Eric says what more you can than do that. Is like what Eric says, what you can do is like like go days off, you know, like days daydream somewhere and days, and just start look, paying attention to what you're seeing. Like don't like look at a lamp and say, what do I see? What do I see? Just kind of like go off in a a daydream stage and start noticing what it is you are seeing. Because Eric says you see a lot and. Absolutely more than that. Does he ask for travel? Yeah, I know. I'll go ahead. Does he ask for travel at night? Oh, yes. Oh, yes, he does. But also Eric is saying that he, um, you see through, through illusion. Mm. So, um, Whatever you're experiencing right now, because he's saying, um, seeing through illusions, so seeing the truth of things, wow. and he says, and, and that's going to happen more and more. He says, keep having patience and, and persevere with this, um, because you're going to get a lot of information through seeing and also through feeling, because oh, no, combined is going to help you see behind the curtain. I'm going to ask one more question about him. But first, I want to tell people, DeniseRamon.com and Michelle Gray at TheHealingH-R.com. But uh, should he become a professional healer or medium or both? If he wants to. But if he's a healer, he's a medium. And if he's a medium, he's a healer. Oh, that's awesome. All right. Thank you so much for joining us in the show, everybody. I love you all. Please share this. And hit the notification bell, subscribe to the channel, and uh, stay tuned for our Zoom cocktail.
tea hour. It's going to be fun. Peach Bye, Pebbler, baby. too. Yay. Bye. Bye. Bye.